Welcome to the Through These Gates podcast, the most rational Nebraska football show on the internet. I am your host, as always, Caleb Salvatore. We're back on video. Sorry. We had technical difficulties last time we did it for the pregame show, and then the Georgia Southern game happened, and I was just like in no mood to even edit video. I wanted a raw reaction where I didn't have time to be rational and set things up and, uh, you know, to cool off a little bit. So I, I just wanted to unleash for a little bit and i just let's i just wanted to get right into it so that's why we did uh audio only last week last week but we're back on video it's all good uh we're doing the oklahoma game preview and well we're here this is what you wanted he's gone uh, mickey joseph interim head coach did a little quick video right after it happened just recorded it, recorded it on my phone um so that's where we're at the line is 11, Oklahoma minus 11 in Lincoln. Nebraska's 7-1 and one for the last eight meetings in Lincoln, which is an interesting number. Um, so keep that in mind before we get started. But yeah, this is, I mean, we got to talk about the elephant in the room first. This is what we wanted, or what everyone wanted. He's gone. Half the state wanted, at least. He's gone. No excuses now. Can't blame the coach. He's gone. Whatever happens, happens. Um, I mean, there's uh, fortunately for Mickey, the expectations are really low. No one's expecting him to come in here and and beat Oklahoma or even make it a game for that matter. Uh, so anything anything close to that is going to be a win. He said they made some changes, so it'll be interesting to see how those changes carry out in terms of how like on the field product. Uh, he made Chenander in charge of coaching the safeties. According to him, and I have no reason to doubt him, we were the only team in the country who didn't have two defensive backs coaches. One for the safeties and one for the cornerbacks. Because it really is two completely different positions, and it's kind of doing a disservice if you don't have one person to coach each position. And Chenander was one of the only defensive coordinators in the country who didn't actually have a position he was coaching. One of my many gripes with him. Um... They've also started working on tackling now. Are three or four days worth of tackling actually going to make a difference? I don't know. Three or four days worth of tackling that should have been done all year. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll for sure be interesting to see what kind of changes they have. I think if nothing else, you're going to get a little bit of a boost from Mickey. Solely based on the fact that you've got a coach that's actually energized out there. He actually looks like he gives a crap. I think that'll be that'll go a long way. And I'm not going to get into the nasty message board media talks about Frost. We all know it's where they're look. All I'll say about that will be real quick. All I'll say about the message board talks about Frost or where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, if you watch that video of him driving away after they fired him, you saw the big old dent on the side of his pickup truck door. Draw your own conclusions. Let's get into the actual game talk, though. Um, the keys for Nebraska are... It's going to be stopping to run. Period. It's going to be stopping to run. Um, because we haven't been able to do that, and Oklahoma has two NFL-caliber running backs in their backfield. We did a great job last week at making Georgia Southern's running back look like Walter Payton. Now we got real NFL talent coming to town. 
They better buck up. Look, again, I'm real big on Mickey, real happy that he's the associate, or excuse me, he's the interim head coach. There's no one I'd rather have do it than him. But let's be real here. He don't coach defensive line. They've got actual scheme issues and personnel issues that are leading to their issues stopping the run. That's not just, oh, they're not tackling. There's problems there on that defensive front. Said it before the season started. I was really excited about the edge rushers, and they've kind of proven me wrong. But one spot I wasn't wrong about was that interior defensive line. Question mark, question mark, question mark across the board. Losing Nick Henrick certainly didn't help. He didn't look great when he played. but So, I mean, with all those question marks on that defensive line, and NFL caliber running backs coming to town from Oklahoma. It's going to be tough, man. That's where the game's going to be won or lost. I'm worried that they're going to just bleed us to death through the run game on the ground. I'm worried that it's going to be death from a thousand cuts. I mean, if they're picking up four, five, six, seven yards of carry every time they touch the ball, that's demoralizing. And it wears your defense down and prevents your offense from getting in any, in any kind of rhythm. So... I'm concerned about that. I think the run game is is what's going to ultimately do us in. As you can see, I'm not going to predict us to win. <laughs> um, uh, let me uh, let me pull it up real quick here. So yeah, that's th- this game's going to be won and lost on the defensive line. We made all the the flashy acquisitions in the off season with, at safety and and corner and and uh, outside pass rusher and stuff, but. We re- I mean, you, you can tell they kind of tried to fill the gaps on the interior defensive line, but they just they didn't do it. They didn't do it effectively, and there really wasn't the talent available that was interested in coming here um, that there was on the outside and in defensive backs, you know. Offensive side of the ball. Um, I think the offense is going to be good enough to at least make it close. I think uh, I, I don't think we're going to be able to keep up with them. And I am, like I said, worried about them dominating the ground game and playing keep away from us and keeping our offense from getting in any type of rhythm. I am concerned about that. But I think the offense can make it close for three quarters. I think Casey Thompson, I mean, you saw what Casey Thompson did to Oklahoma a year ago. There's no reason he can't repeat that, you know, before he got hurt. No re. I mean, he looked, again, Georgia Southern, I get it, but he looked phenomenal last week. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what Casey Thompson has up his sleeve for this game. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, as far as offense... It's very clear that uh, Allen and Grant are, excuse me, Grant and Allen, I guess, are the two backs. Everyone's asking, where's Johnson? Where's Yant? Where's Irvin? I mean, those are the guys, man. Those two. You got to get, you got to give the coaches a reason to put you on the field. And right now, Grant and Allen are doing that. Everything I've seen from Yant has been unspectacular. Johnson, I don't know what he did to get in the doghouse. And then Gabe Irvin, I mean, he came in and, and the, the few plays he's seen, he's looked terrible. Right now, I mean, look, man, it's about having your 11 best guys on the field, right? Right now, 
there's no reason to put anyone in over those two. Those two are not the problem. Those two look fine. And you know what? They're doing, I know they're good play. And everyone can say, oh, it's North Dakota. Oh, it's Northwestern. Oh, it's uh, Georgia Southern. They're doing this with no help from their offensive line. Now, when they start playing real Big Ten defensive fronts, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa even, uh, that's gonna, that could be a different story. But these guys have got no help from this offensive line. And they're making this kind of stuff work. If they can figure this offensive line thing out, which I'm skeptical of, but if they can figure this offensive line thing out, could be a real game changer. Uh, oh, Adrian Martinez watch last week against Missouri. They won 40 to 12. He was nine for 20, 101 yards to the air. No touchdowns, no picks. Five yards per attempt. 13 rushes for 52 yards. One touchdown. One fumble that wasn't lost. Four yards per carry. We always do the Adrian Martinez watch on this show. Not pro-Adrian, not anti-Adrian. Just interesting to see how he does. That's all I'm saying. Um, We try to keep these ones quick. There's not really... I mean, there's not... I don't really do the whole pregame analysis, analysis thing. I kind of like to react after the fact and uh, just kind of dive into it. But yeah, so ga- there are some games I'm going to be watching this week just in terms of future head coaching candidates. Um, one of those games is Buffalo at Coastal Carolina. We've already been linked to Jamie Chadwell, and I think it'll be it'll be worth paying attention to to see how they do because they haven't looked great this year against poor competition and they've returned a lot of their starters so that's one to keep an eye on and how that team picks up I know a lot of fans are going to be skeptical about hiring a coach who doesn't have at least some type of power five connection or background and uh you know just due to what happened we've already been snake bitten once by it so that's one to keep an eye on to see how they how they recover against Buffalo. Uh, Iowa State, Ohio, obviously, everyone's big on Matt Campbell. I'm interested to see how that turns out. Um, I'm not I'm not huge on Matt Campbell. I I he I wouldn't be upset if we hired him, but at the same time, it's not it's not the type of hire where I would jump for joy. If you see what I'm saying, I, I, it's it's unspectacular. But take that with a grain of salt, because I was through the roof when they hired Frost, like most of the state was. So maybe we need something unspectacular, not something infuriating, right? Because there's a difference when you're looking at coaching hires. Like Matt Campbell, I would be like, okay, let's see what happens. You know, that that's Jamie Chadwell. Okay, let's see what happens. Um, Lance Leopold from Kansas, who we'll get to in a second here. That would be another one. Okay, yeah, let's see what happens. Um, an infuriating hire. I was like Mike Riley. Like people were actually. It wasn't like a shrug and you know kind of. Well, let's see what happens. People were upset. People were saying they would have rather kept the last guy. Frost. Everyone was through the roof. So hopefully we can land somewhere in the middle there, that isn't going to freak people out either direction 
and just kind of be in wait and see mode. Not heavy expectations, but we're not also going into it, you know, kind of hoping they fail. Just to confirm our own personal biases. Not that I was doing that with Riley, of course. Um, Kansas at Houston. Lance Leopold's already, he's 2-0 and at Kansas this year. He's already pulled off upsets, or an upset against West Virginia. It was a good game. Can he go on the road to Houston and do it again? If he can pull that off, man, he's going to be at Kansas, one of the worst football schools in FBS, at least this the last couple, five to ten years. He's going to be not just on our list, but on every list in the national coaching search. Marshall at Bowling Green. Charlie Huff's another name that's been linked to us. That'll be interesting for sure. Charlotte at Georgia State. They're a 19-and-a-half-point dog at Georgia State. Will Healy has, is another name that's been linked to Nebraska. I'm going down the list on uh, Wager Attack right now. This is what not for our coaching hire perspective, but Nevada at Iowa. Nevada's a 23-point dog. Iowa hasn't scored 23 points combined this season. So I don't know if they're expecting some type of explosion or maybe Iowa kicks like, I don't even know. How, how, how would they get to like seven field goals and gets a safety? I don't, I don't know. I don't see Iowa scoring 23 points though. Miami at A&M, that'll be interesting from a gambling perspective, but I really like uh, Gaddis, the offensive coordinator. Could be a dark horse for the, for the coaching job spot. That's another game to keep an eye on. I, I don't see BYU's coach coming here, so I'm not going to include that one. Um, yeah, so there, and there, there's some other guys. And like, uh, I mean, Cincinnati at Miami of Ohio. I love Luke Fickle. Don't see him coming here. Uh, and there's some other guys. We'll do a video on the bye week about who I think are uh, the top choices in terms of most excitability and stuff. But there's some other names on there that the games really are. Oh, Texas State at Baylor. Aranda's another one I keep hearing from Baylor. That should be a blowout either way, though. I don't think there's going to be much worth uh, watching in that one. But that could also be our game. So... <laughs> blowout that's not worth watching so yeah those are the games i'm gonna watch um score prediction i'm gonna say 48 30 oklahoma i think like i said our offense is good enough to make it seem close for the first couple quarters and then after that i just think it's it's gonna get a little ugly um, I, I just I don't think our defense has the gas to hang on. And our offense, as you can see, can't win a shootout with Georgia Southern. Not that that's their fault. You score, what, 45, 42 points? You should win the game, period. Period. No excuses. You should win. That's the defense's fault almost 100%. I don't think our offense, I mean, we're going to be facing a better defense. We're going to be facing a better just team in terms of all-around talent. So I don't see our offense being able to win that kind of shootout. Not with an offense of this caliber. I just I don't see it. Jeff Levy, that's another another name that everyone's talking about as a potential replacement for Frost. And I could see that one too. Alex Grinch at uh, USC, the defensive coordinator. That's another name. 
to be on the lookout for? Jim Leonard, Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Just on, just going off names that you could be on the lookout for for uh, potential replacements. <sighs> I don't know. It, it could be. We'll, we'll see what type of difference this is going to make with the coaching change tomorrow, if any. Um, it's at least got people rejuvenated. This this is the best chance that this sellout streak has at continuing was getting rid of Frost getting rid of a coach that looked like he just didn't want to be there and didn't care like he it's like it's like when you when you get when you put your two weeks in at your job and you really stop caring it, it was kind of the same vibe from him he knew he was gone man he knew he he didn't want to be there when they brought in Whipple and Joseph and they made all the changes he he saw the writing on the wall and it says a lot about who you are as an individual and your personality when things like that happen and how you respond to them. Like, are you going to fold, which is what he did, looked like he didn't care, didn't want to be there, was burnt out, just looked exhausted and drained? Or are you going to work with that chip on your shoulder and go, all right, you don't want me here? I'm going to do everything I can to stay, everything I can to keep this job and prove you wrong. And he didn't do that. And it says a lot about a person's personality. So again, 48-30 Oklahoma. That's my prediction. Anything closer than that, be thrilled. If they win, I don't even know. I'm not going to commit to doing something because I don't think doing something crazy if they win because I I don't think a win's completely out of the question here. I think they can pull out a win. Like I think that you play this game 100 times, I think Nebraska wins 10 to 15 of them, maybe. But there, there are a certain amount of times we win. And if that's going to be one of the times, then I'm not going to commit to it. But it's not it's not like Oklahoma was playing uh, North Dakota, you know, where I just don't see any way they lose. We can win this game. We're a talented team, man. And the biggest distraction in the city is gone. Biggest distraction in the state, pardon me, is gone. So it's a game we can win. I just don't see it happening. Again, it's in, I mean, we played them close. They got a new coach, new quarterback. It's in Lincoln instead of Norman this time. We got a new coach and a new quarterback and a new kicker and a new special teams coach. All of the factors that played into us losing have changed. Hopefully for the better. There's just so many question marks out there, man. And I really, again, I don't see Joseph. And I feel like I'm going in circles at this point. But I, I just, I don't see Joseph. I mean, he's great recruiter, great receivers coach, solid offensive mind. I just don't see him making the changes necessary on defense in a week's time to go out there and beat what's. I don't know if I'm going to say the best rushing attack we'll face this year, but it's top three. I just don't know if I see it. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope it works out. I hope he's the new Dabo Swinney and comes in as the receiver's head or the receiver's coach, interim head coach, and we just never look back. That's what I hope. 
best case when I say best case scenario, hot we'll go over like I said, video next week about best case scenario um for who we could hire as a replacement for Frost. Best but don't get me wrong. Best case scenario, best absolute best case scenario is Mickey Joseph goes nine and oh, goes to the Big Ten championship. And we never look back. That's the best case scenario. Is it the most realistic? No. That's why I'm not going to include it in that. But the best case scenario is Mickey Joseph starts winning and just never stops. And we just don't look back. And he's our guy. That's the best case scenario. Make no mistake. Maybe the prodigal son, ex-quarterback turned offensive genius coach coming to return us to the glory days was what we needed but it was just the wrong guy we just had the wrong guy everything else was right was just the wrong one and I'm not talking about Tommy Frazier (laughs) Uh, make sure you check out my other podcast or I'll see you Sunday for the post game show Um, make sure you check out my other podcast that's based on outlawstreamers.com you can go there now and subscribe. We're also on Rumble for that. Everywhere you get your audio shows. Um, my other podcast, my comedy show, Bread and Circuses. We will have our monthly show October 29th at Beach House, formerly Wired Pub. New ownership, great people. Uh, it's going to be a Halloween show, Night of the Laughing Dead. Be great. Costume contest. It's going to be wild, man. Be more. It's more than just a comedy show. Make sure you come out and see it once. I promise you. Um, oh, and ladies, <laughs> I'll leave you on this. Ladies, if your man is still a Nebraska fan, he's a keeper. Because that's proof that you can put him through 20 years of emotional and mental abuse, and he will not falter. He'll stay with you. Last thing before we peace out. Uh, this show, We have a running joke about uh, Bill Callahan being the best coach ever in the Alamo Bowl champ. So I've got a shirt on right now. I'm going to show you. It's a custom-made shirt. If you DM me, I'll link you up with the guy that makes them. He can sell them to you. Uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's uh, make Nebraska Callahans again. We're the Alamo Bowl champs, okay? Alamo Bowl and Big 12 North champs make Nebraska Callahans again. DM me, and I will hook you up with the guy that makes them. That's all I got. This has been the Through These Gates podcast, the most rational Nebraska football show on the internet. Thank you guys so much. Peace.